Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. We know the holidays are busy, but if you're traveling or staying put, it's a great time to catch up on the latest podcasts. Coming up, we'll hear from producers and hosts of several downloadable shows, from By the Book to Letters from War to the many politics podcasts like WBUR's Freak Out and Carry On. And of course, we want to hear from you. What's on your podcast playlist? How did you find it? You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Email where we live at WMPR.org. As always, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Now, if you know nothing about podcasts, you're in luck today because for the hour, we have with us Lauren Ober, host of The Big Listen from WAMU and NPR. This is a broadcast show about podcasts. She joins us today from NPR's headquarters in Washington, D.C. Lauren, welcome to Where We Live. Hey, thanks, Lucy. I have to say, you're the host of a radio show about podcasts. This has got to be a fun job for you. It's not bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I call myself a professional listener. Um, so I listen to thousands of shows. That's not a joke. I actually tallied it last year. Um, and it's kind of insane the number of episodes that uh, that I and, and my team listen to just to sort of uh, cull, you know, what we want to cover and sort of who's hitting on the hot button issues of the day via the, the audio medium. So yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I do a lot of listening, but not for fun. <laughs> well, so you also can have a podcast of The Big Listen. Our listeners can download that as well. Tell us about the show. How did you get started? So uh, we noticed at uh, at WAMU, uh, where the show is produced here in Washington, D.C., that uh, that obviously the audio medium was booming. Um, obviously, we, we had had so many shows like This American Life and Radiolab that were really great. But then all of a sudden, um, you know, seemingly out of nowhere, um, there was this explosion of podcasts. And we thought, you know, it's hard to keep track of, of what's coming out and what's good, but also, um, I think, sort of more importantly, that there are people who are telling amazing stories and audio that you don't get to hear anywhere else. And there are all of these voices um, that maybe you wouldn't hear in traditional media who are finding their way in podcasts. And we wanted to spotlight some of those. And those are the advantages over a radio show um, that's broadcast out of a public radio station. Uh, there's, it's very niche if you want to look up all the different podcasts based on your interests. There's probably one out there for you. That's true. I mean, if you like knitting, I'm sure there are a hundred. The other day, I was uh, I was just cruising through Apple Podcasts, um, and I saw that there is there's there is this crazy explosion of shows all about cryptocurrency. I mean, there were like dozens of shows about Bitcoin, um, which like. I don't own any Bitcoin, so I'm not going like, to listen to those. But, I mean, whatever your interest is, sure, there's a podcast out there. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be great listening, but uh, but there's something out there that you will find appealing, no doubt. I understand a third of Americans are listening to podcasts today, but we know there are listeners who may not even know what a podcast is. So define it again for us. 
Okay, so a podcast in its essence is uh, is a digital audio show that you can get on demand when you want it on any of your digital devices via, you know, your smartphone, your tablet. Uh, you could stream it through your laptop or your desktop. Um, so it's basically like a radio show on the computer, uh, but that it's not at a set time. You can get it um, when you want. And they're not, um, you know, the shows aren't hemmed in by a clock, right? So some of them are th- three minutes long and some of them are three hours long. Um, yeah, but so th- that's really the only difference is sort of the, de- the delivery mechanism and the clock. A lot of our listeners are mentioning Pod Save America on Twitter. Tell us about it. <laughs> so Pod Save America is part of the Crooked Media franchise, which was started by three Obama staffers. Uh, they were speechwriters for him. And I think it's um, that their whole franchise is sort of a, a liberal um, uh, 21st century take on conservative talk radio. So we know that there have been, you know, there's the, you know, the Rush Limbaugh's and the Infowars of America. And Crooked Media, I think, is is the podcast answer to that, or at least they're trying to be, and they're building their stable of shows pretty quickly. Um, we're getting uh, we're getting other uh, messages on Twitter. There's the NPR Politics podcast, and our our next guest actually is a co-host of one of these politics podcasts out of WBUR. Uh, it's Freak Out and Carry On, Heather Cox Richardson, a professor of history at Boston College. Heather, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Seems like there's a lot of politics shows out there. How is your show different? Well, what makes us different, I think, is that uh, we combine today's politics with the longer view of history, and we get historians and journalists talking to each other about whether or not we're in a unique moment or whether or not there are larger patterns that we can see. And that makes us take up a space that neither the straight history podcasts, which are terrific, by the way, or the straight politics podcasts can do. We have a much longer view, I think. Now, your co-host is a Pulitzer Prize-winning author and journalist, Ron Suskind. Uh, Do you have a a chemistry on the air, and is it an unusual uh, relationship as co-host? Do you have a historian and journalist together? Yeah, it's funny. We were not friends before we started doing this, and the the thing that I see is funny is that we actually have phenomenal rapport, but it's way better off the, the program than it is on the program, where we both get, believe it or not, a little bit stiff. So, um... So we're working on getting that camaraderie back in there um, more across the board. Ron is actually side-splittingly funny, but she can't use a lot of the stuff that he says because a lot of it is not necessarily appropriate for NPR listeners. So, so that you know, he, he's learning to turn that down and bring it in so we can actually use it without um, without offending anybody. That's interesting. So this is uh, again a podcast out of WBUR. Uh, Lauren Ober. Some of the other podcasts out there, if they're not associated with a media organization, they don't have to censor as much. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, you can kind you can hear every kind of um, opinion and and um, uh, sort of ribald language out there on podcasts. Um, they're definitely not censored. I mean, it's only really in public radio that we have to watch what we say. <laughs> I want to play a clip now from uh, Freak Out and Carry On. Here's a clip from Doug Jones and the crack up of the Trump voter coalition. It's an episode about the Alabama Senate race. It's amazing to see one election in one state during an off period gather and and assemble both the interests and imagination of the whole nation. Uh, we uh, 
we are going to run around and talk about our take. First, Heather, I'd like to know what you're feeling. What's your take on what happened? Well, first of all, I wasn't up late in the glow of the TV screen because they did that to me in 2016. I'm never falling for that one again. Um, I want to point out that this is a big deal. This election is a big deal. The concern trolls are sort of saying, oh, the Democrats got to worry about this. No, we shouldn't take too much from this. I disagree with that. This is the sign of the moment when the tide, which turned a few weeks, maybe a month or so ago, is really taking off. Now, now using a tide has turned in Alabama, that's going to be a whole nother issue. So we're hearing again your co-host uh, with you, uh, Ron Suskind. I'm curious, have you gotten any pushback? What's the um, you know reaction to you as a woman talking about politics? So many of the um, conversations out there are dominated by men. Well, that's actually been to me the most interesting thing about doing that podcast because I'm a political historian and have been one since 1983. So, you know, I know American politics better than almost anybody, the historical sweep of it the mechanics of it, the laws of it, the norms of it, how it's done, how it's been done, and, and with luck, how it's going to be done. So I, I really don't have any lack of confidence in my ability to do this. But there is no doubt that over the years, as I have taken on a more and more public role, there has been quite often kind of a look at me, kind of a scant from the old boys club, like, you know, well, you know, she's maybe cute, but, you know, why is she playing in our, in our sandbox? And, um, and it's it is interesting to me how hard it is to find um, sort of political a female political journalists. We've had some terrific female historians. We've had some terrific female pundits, but the actual female political journalists seem to me to be harder to find. And it's it it's become a game for me every time. And this never makes it on the show, but it's become a game for me to see how many times I can get one of our guests to say that's a good question or that's a terrific question because there is still i think that sense of what is a woman doing in politics and it's been one of my uh one of the biggest issues i've brought to the show again and again and again is in our political moment right now the most important thing i see is how many women are taking up a political voice and demanding to have some kind of a say in american politics in a way that they haven't really before since probably ever, but maybe 1868, 1869, when the, the American political women's movements really took off in the wake of the 14th Amendment, when, the, when women were so unhappy they were not included in the 14th Amendment. So, you know, as I have pushed that, and, and people have been saying, you know, oh, well, that's kind of not an important issue, and then we look at the numbers and see that, in fact, uh, you know, women are the ones calling uh, Congress at a rate of about 86 percent. Women are the ones showing up for the Women's March, which is the largest single day protest in American history. Women are the ones who are continuing to put pressure on this administration. Me sitting there harping on it and saying, listen, it's not I'm seeing this not because I'm a woman. I'm paying attention to it because I'm a woman. But I'm seeing it because I'm a political historian. Let's step up to the plate and do some work on this. And I think that we're kind of I wouldn't necessarily say out in front of everybody else on that, but we certainly are never letting that issue drop in show after show. And I think that's really important. That's Heather Cox Richardson, professor of history at Boston College, co-host of WBUR's Politics and History podcast, Freak Out and Carry On. This is where we live today. We're talking about podcasts in the lead up to your holiday break. Also with us from NPR's headquarters in Washington, D.C., Lauren Ober, host of The Big Listen from WAMU and NPR. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Lauren, are there other politics podcasts out there where we, we hear more from women? 
Uh, yeah, one of my favorites is called On One with Angela Rye. If you're a CNN viewer, you have seen Angela many times. She uh, She's a regular commentator um, for the network, and um, she's fantastic. She calls, she calls uh, uh, her brand of uh, of politics Sophista Ratchet. So it is both uh, sophisticated and, um, you know, a little of the people, if you will. Um, so she's very approachable. I mean, she talks to... And she talks to tons of women in politics. Actually, um, she has one great episode where she talks to April Ryan. Um, and if you ever follow the the, uh, the White House press corps, you'll know that that April Ryan has had a number of dust ups with um, with the administration. Um, she is a radio journalist, and um, and they talk about that and sort of what it means to be a black woman covering American politics today. Uh, I can't say enough about Angela Rye as as a personality, but also she's whip smart. Um, in her uh, analysis of what's happening today. And we're going to be tweeting out uh, the recommendations from Lauren Ober at Where We Live. I want to take a quick call. Uh, Mike's calling from Stanford. Mike, what are you listening to? Good morning. Um, when I, uh, This is cool. Uh, by the way, thank you so much for having me. Lauren, I love your podcast. I hope that somebody would make a podcast like that. Uh, in terms of what I'm listening to for history podcasts, I love um, hardcore history and uh the Bowery Boys mm-hmm. for local New York City history. I think uh, she had hardcore history on hers. And in terms of uh, political podcasts, uh, NPR, obviously, but um, there's Left, Right, and Center is a great one that kind of pr- provides all the different perspectives. All right, Michael. It sounds like you got a good playlist there. Uh, thank you for your call. It's interesting, Lauren. I was looking at some of the latest data from Edison uh, Research. They looked into podcast listening um, in America. Um, men um, listen to podcasts more than women. And then when you look at the third of Americans who are listening to podcasts, um, at le- these Americans are listening to at least five a week. Yeah, the folks who are our regular listeners listen to at least five, but that makes sense because a lot of Americans are commuting. There's a lot of time spent in transit, and a podcast is something that you can do while you're doing something else, right? You can uh, you can drive your car and listen. You can be on the train and listen. You can wash your dishes and listen. There are a lot of things that uh, you know you you can't read and wash the dishes at the same time, but which obviously washing the dishes is not commuting. But you know what I'm saying. Um, it, it's it's a it's a totally portable medium that you can do while you're doing something else. And, uh, you know, as to the, the the gender breakdown of the listeners, you know, I, I don't know that there's any data on this. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the people who are uh, predominantly hosting shows or who are in the top of the charts, it's overwhelmingly male and it's overwhelmingly white. And um, so to me, you know, I don't know if there's a correlation there, but um, but perhaps you could draw a line. And we're going to be talking more about um, the, the podcasts that are hosted by women uh, later on in the show. Uh, I wanted to go back to Heather Cox Richardson before we head to break. Again, professor of history at Boston College, co-host of WBUR's Politics and History podcast, Freak Out and Carry On. You know, in uh, public radio, uh, we often hear about trying to have more balanced political conversations. But in po- with podcasts, so many out there, you can almost continue to stay in that bubble if you choose to. That's true. I, um, but I worry about that in a way less than many people do, because I think that that idea that, for example, you can find any kind of a knitting podcast you want is not necessarily a bad thing, because as long as you're hearing new ideas and expanding your mind in, in new ways, you maybe get the perspectives of people that you might not otherwise listen to. And so I, I, as I say, I worry about that less than others do. I know we try and combat that to some degree. I think that 
that uh, that you can't listen to freak out and carry on and think we are big Trump supporters. But what you do hear, I think, is sympathy for people who voted for Trump, not the neo-Nazis and the neo-Confederates, but the you know the people who really were economically squeezed, are economically squeezed by neoliberalism, and we're looking for somehow to smash the system down. And um, and it does not hurt that I'm from uh, from a red state and from a red town in a red state. So I actually spend a great deal of time with Trump voters and Trump supporters. I am not one of them, but I don't see them as an enemy. And I I think we bring to that to this show a mentality of what we really need to do in America is get back to fundamental American values that include inclusiveness and economic fairness, and that um, that at least helps us to avoid that to some degree. I hope, anyway. Heather Cox Richardson, co-host of Freak Out and Carry On out of WBUR. Heather, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Lucy. It's been fun. This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. We're talking podcast today with Lauren Ober, who's also with us, host of WAMU and NPR's The Big Listen. It's a radio show about podcasts. Coming up, we're going to hear more of her recommendations, and we want to hear from you. What are you listening to? Besides Where We Live, of course. Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. The holidays are here, and for some, that means winter break. I know my son will be home from school, and I plan on listening to a bunch of podcasts that I don't have time to listen to during my regular work week. What about you? What will you be listening to at the airport or on that long drive to the in-laws, or maybe while you're at your in-laws? Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. With us from NPR's headquarters in Washington, D.C., Lauren Ober, host of The Big Listen from W. AMU and NPR. Uh, Lauren, we want to hear some of your recommendations throughout the hour. I know you just released a list uh, just yesterday. Uh, Name one of the podcasts we may not have heard about that we should be listening to. Oh, let's see. I got to think. So there is a really great show from KUOW in Seattle called How's Your Day? Um, And it basically takes a moment in history that we all remember, say 9-11 or Columbine or even the day that Princess Diana died. And then it tells a story of something else that happened on that day um, that you wouldn't have heard of, but that has some connection but is not at all about the event it's hard to describe um uh, you have to listen to it but it's very beautifully done it's a very ambitious project um and it's just if if nothing else listen to the story about 9-11 because if if you don't have a little something in your eye at the end of listening to that like i, I don't know if you have a pulse uh, <laughs> it was very moving to mm-hmm. me You said that you listen to thousands of hours of podcasts, Lauren, in your job. What makes a podcast good? Uh, it's in the eye of the listener, in the ear of the listener. Um, what I think is good is not necessarily what you would think is good. So, you know, I'll say that. I mean, for me, you know, I'm a, I am started as a radio journalist. Actually, I started as a print journalist and then became a radio journalist. You know, I love I love uh, stories. I love things with uh, characters and, a, and, a, and an arc. And I love things that are richly sound designed and that put you in a place. Um, that is not for everybody. Some people just love to hear 
you know, the latest uh, hot takes on pop culture, which is great. And I think that, you know, what we see in podcasting is that there's just space for everybody. So if you want those really lush stories or those heavily reported narratives, you can get those. If you want like two best friends, you know, gas bagging in their basement about, you know, whatever TV show they love, like you can get that too. There's even a podcast all about West Wing, the show. That's true. It's true. <laughs> West Wing West Wing Weekly, um, you know, one of the, Josh Molina, one of the stars of the show, um, talks with uh, Rishikesh Hirway, um, who has another podcast of his own called Song Exploder, which is great. People should listen to that. But yeah, of course, they, they deconstruct the episodes. I mean, there are any number of recap TV show or TV recap shows um, or people sort of giving their, their uh, you know, impressions. I mean, yesterday I just heard of a, a show that uh, re-watches every episode of every Degrassi show, all the, you know, Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi The show. Next Generation, right? Like, well, then you should listen to these people. It's, what about My So-Called Life? Is there a podcast about My So-Called Life? I mean, if there isn't, then you should start one, I think I need Lucy. to start this. <laughs> you can join the conversation today. What are the podcasts you're listening to? 860-275-7266. Alarn, you were talking about podcasts that have um, that are really well written, that have interesting stories. Our next guest uh, might fit the bill for some of our listeners. Jessica Stahl, executive producer of audio at The Washington Post. Jessica, welcome to the show. Hi, glad to be here. So Washington Post uh, just launched a really interesting uh, podcast called Letters from War. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's something we're really excited about. Um, This is something that came to us about a year ago. This guy out in Arizona emailed the Washington Post and said, I found these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters that these four brothers wrote back and forth to each other during World War II. Um, And our reporter went out and looked at these things, and they're just, incredible. It's these brothers who are involved in some of the most important battles of the Pacific front of World War II. They're talking about everything from, you know, the latest movies that they saw to what the country was like after Pearl Harbor to these really intense accounts of battle. Um, And we wanted to bring those stories to life in audio form. So that's what we're doing in the podcast. You mentioned reporter. That's Dan Lamoth, who's Washington Post, Pentagon, a military reporter. reporter. I wanted to play a clip. It's from one of the early episodes of Letters from War. It's called 1941, The Calm. We're going to hear first from this Arizona man that you just mentioned, Joe Alosi, I believe. He's the one that discovered the letters in the storage bin. Uh, years ago, I used to own Money Man. It was a second-hand buy, buy joint. And I also had, to, I owned storage liquidators. We'd buy storage containers, and people that didn't pay their, their debt, we'd go and take bids. And uh, one day, I went out on one of the calls from this company, and when we opened up the one unit, it was just completely empty except for Tupperware containers. <laughs> so I was one of the bidders, and I won the bid. Six Tupperware containers sitting right dead in the middle of a concrete floor in an empty storage unit. He didn't know where they came from or what they might hold, but now they belong to Joe Alozzi. After I loaded them up, I noticed on the top of them, it was noted 1941, 1942. And I was like, wow, this is really wild. Look at this. Dust billowed as Joe peeled back the first lid. Inside were rows of tightly packed envelopes. Joe opened one. Dear Dad, 
Sorry, I haven't written sooner to let you know. And then another. Watched over by some experts in the art of bringing one back to normal. And then another. You already know we've been in action again, and we really gave them hell on Quadrilene Island. Do, and no one can do anything about them. So rest assured, it will be some time before I see action. As much as I like to get encounter. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. Amen. And again, you're hearing uh, from Letters from War. That's an episode, an early episode. Uh, that's Joe Alosi, the Arizona man who found these letters. You hear Dan Lamoth, Washington Post reporter, narrating. And Jessica, who's that other voice at the end reading the letters? Who are they? Yeah, so we, um, when we thought about how we wanted to present these letters, we thought about voice actors, uh, you know, to read them. Um, and ultimately, what we decided to do was use uh, modern-day war veterans. So you're hearing, I think, three of the voices there. There's five altogether, um, veterans of our current-day wars, Afghanistan, Iraq. Um, and it just seemed important to us to include those kinds of voices because the themes that you hear in these letters, they're so universal. You know, there's, they're talking about stuff that's specific to World War II, but the themes of, you know, going off to war, coming home from war, what you see while you're in battle. Um, they're just so relatable today, and we wanted to use people who've been through some of those experiences to help make those come to life a little bit more. Uh, Lauren Ober from The Big Listen, what's your take on this premise? It sounds really interesting to, you know, normally when you hear about uh, this idea that all these letters were found, you'd, you'd see a publication doing uh, maybe a long-form magazine piece with uh, lots of photographs, but this is The Washington Post um, taking these, uh, these letters and, and like really bringing life back to them through this podcast. Right, right. So first, I gotta I, I gotta shout out uh, our local paper here, the Washington Post, for um, for really getting in the podcast game um, and and making some great stuff. Um, I haven't listened to this yet, however, um, I love the idea because this is a, a topic that would be totally suited to the audio medium, right? And and this is what I always tell people when they they say, "Oh, should I have a podcast?" And well, what about this is something that I need to hear rather than read, rather than see. And I think that this is perfect because what are letters but someone's voices, you know, someone's voice. And so I think being able to, you know, bring them to life um, using voice actors and especially, you know, people who are in the military, um, it just adds, you know, that level of poignancy that um, that you couldn't get if you were reading these in the paper. So I think it's a brilliant, a brilliant idea and I can't wait to listen. Jessica Stahl from the Washington Post, uh, you know, what's been the response? And is this, in, in, a, in one way, uh, being innovative, uh, trying to have podcasts as a necessary investment uh, for the Washington Post as well? Yeah, well, the response has been great. We've heard really, really positive feedback, both from um, the military community and also from people who kind of see their family stories in this. We've heard from a lot of people who've told us you know, we have in our house boxes of letters from my grandparents, from my parents, and their experiences at war. Um, and that has been really, really gratifying. Um, I hope people keep listening. There are some big surprises left in the episodes that we haven't published yet. Um, so it's a really good time to tune in if you haven't listened yet. Um, and yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the Washington Post, we really believe that we want to tell stories in the way they deserve to be told and present information and news to people in the places that they already are and in the places that make the most sense. Um, and audio is, is one of those places. Um, we can do really beautiful storytelling there. We can present 
news to people in a way that they can take with them on the go or listen while they're getting dressed in the morning. Um, and so it felt, you know, it feels important to add that to the mix of ways that, that we're reaching our audience. And with Dan Lamoth narrating, you know, providing context of the time, I thought it was interesting. Um, I've listened to a couple of these episodes, and there's a, a little disclaimer at the top that, you know, we, we know that during the war uh, there was derogatory language that referred mm-hmm. to Japanese and Japanese-Americans. You make a point to put that disclaimer at the top of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it felt important to us always to make sure that people knew, A, that they were going to hear somewhat graphic descriptions of war and that, you know, we wanted people to be prepared for that going in. Um, And as you say, the language that people used at the time, uh, especially talking about the enemy, where, you know, in World War II, the idea of who the enemy was felt so so clear. um, And you do hear some really derogatory language. and so we did want to make sure to call that out for people. And also to note throughout the podcast, you know, we, we worked really hard to draw the connection between some of that language that you're hearing the brothers use in these letters that feels so matter-of-fact to them, you know, that that was some of the same language that led to Japanese internment camps and to, you know, us imprisoning Japanese Americans in our own country. Um, so, you know, it was the way people talked at the time, but it also had ramifications sort of beyond just. Jessica, said. Jessica, I want to thank you. Jessica Stahl, executive producer of audio at The Washington Post, talking about The Washington Post uh, podcast, Letters from War. And we're going to tweet out a link for our listeners to learn more about it. Jessica, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much. And we want to hear your recommendations. What are you listening to? How did you find it? You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, at Where We Live. Lauren Ober is with us, host of The Big Listen from WAMU and NPR. She's at NPR Studios in Washington, D.C. Lots of history podcasts out there. We just heard someone mention Bowery Boys, uh, the last uh, segment, uh, Lauren. Uh, Someone's tweeting, Christina, Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history. There's a lot to choose from. There sure are. Uh, it's it's true. Uh, it is uh, the history is very popular. Um, the Bowery Boys is my brother's favorite show. He lives in New York City and he absolutely loves it. Um, yeah, and 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 I, I think uh, the listener's name was Mike. He referenced hardcore history, which like you literally have to be a hardcore history buff to listen to. Their episodes are like four hours long. Um, so if you're really into like the Punic Wars and you want to take a deep dive, that's for you. But then there are other shows that have come out recently that look at a particular moment in history um, and and sort of look back and see what did we miss. Um, Uncivil from Gimlet Media is one of those. They're looking at the untold stories of the Civil War. I really like it. It's hosted by Jack Hitt and Chandrai Kumanika. They have a great rapport together, but they're also, you know, they're, they're talking about women fighting in the Civil War. They're talking about, um, you know, Harriet Tubman's role as a spy. So all these stories you've never heard before. Um, another history show that I like is called Slow Burn. It's a new show from uh, from Slate and it's all about um, the Nixon Watergate affair. Uh, and you think, well, what else could I possibly need to know about that? Like, I, I you know, I saw the movie. I'm good. Um, but there are some crazy stories that um, that the, the host, Leon Nafok, who's a reporter over there, um, is telling that are just like totally mind-blowing, involving 
happening, people getting drugged and kidnapped, and it's nuts. Um, so I think, you know, looking back on these 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 moments in time that, you know, maybe you didn't get um, the full sweep in your history class in high school, uh, it, 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 podcasts are a great opportunity to, um, you know, to, to help you out with that. Thank goodness. Uh, Sarah's calling from Griswold. Sarah, go ahead. What are you listening to? Oh, hi. Um, great to be on. So I love all of the NPR podcasts that everybody has already talked about. And um, I also started my own travel podcast in October called The Postcard Academy. Um, and that just offers insider food and culture tips from expats who've packed up everything and moved to a different country. Um, I'm originally from Connecticut, but I moved to London uh, about six years ago, and I travel all the time, and podcasts are my favorite way to learn, and I realized there really weren't that many travel podcasts out there, so I decided to start my own. Very good. I'm going to look it up. Postcard Academy, you said. Yes. Yes. And that's interesting. So we were talking about how there's just so many podcasts out there. Uh, Lauren, uh, it's easy for someone to just look at the the list from Apple of the top podcasts that are downloads. But in terms of people who want to start their own, like how do they get their the information out there? <laughs> um, and well, in front of there, you. <laughs> well, there, uh, that's a harder sell. Uh, no, I mean, you know, podcasts are this great medium and that they're, they feel very, it feels very democratized. I mean, if you remember, I don't know about you, Lucy, but I had a blog um, back in the oh, day. yes. <laughs> right. And so and so it felt and, and blogs were great because it felt like, oh, my gosh, people can read what I write and I don't have to go through a publisher. I don't have to, you know, get a magazine to buy my story or something like that. Um, and I think that podcasts are similar um, in that, you know, ostensibly all you need is a recording device and a way to upload it onto um, the computer. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the stuff that's at the top of the charts is far more complicated than that. But I think that, yeah, podcasting does offer this this opportunity for everybody to get involved and, you know, to, to get their voice out there. Now, you know, the market decides, obviously, uh, what it likes and what it doesn't like. Um, but I don't think that that should stop anybody from, you know, putting something out there because I think there are a lot of gems that um, that come from independent producers that you'd, you know, you'd never get out of a you know, out of a, a company that was greenlighting shows. Lauren, you gave a great talk, I believe, to the Work It Festival, where you talk about the podcasts that weren't that aren't out there, the ones that people should be thinking about. Can you give us a quick rundown? Yeah. Uh, so I think that there's there's definitely stuff that's missing out there. My one big uh, subject matter area that I would love to see more of is um, our, our narrative nonfiction stories that feature women at the center. If we think about uh, if we think about the very popular shows this year, S Town, Missing Richard Simmons, Dirty John, they're all about men. Um, there are very very few narrative nonfiction podcasts out there that are about a woman or women, um, and I would love for those to be made. I mean, shout out to um, to the folks at um, at uh, uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking. Uh, 
why am I blanking on the name? So Tally Abacassis is uh, is a is a producer out in Montreal. She hosts a show called First Day Back um, that features a woman at the center. Uh, WBEZ's podcast about Oprah. Um, you know, the, but that's like basically all. So I would love I would I would love some of those. I would love um, some you know people to play with sounds, some things that feel more experimental. Um, I would like women to do those things. Um, you know, sort of sort of verite. Uh, or reality radio. There's a there's a great show out of CBC in oh, Canada yes, called yes. Sleepover, hosted by Sukin Lee. This is great. Right. <laughs> I'm getting so, so excited hearing about it. I know, Lucy. I can hear it. <laughs> well, just hold your horses. I'm going to tell you all about it. Uh, so Sleepover <laughs> is this brilliant um, idea from, from like I said, CBC and Sukin Lee, um, who is an actor, performance artist, dancer, all the things. And you, they basically take a bunch of strangers and they put them in in a setting together a hotel room was the first season um and make them basically have a sleepover right and and um and in the course of the sleepover each person brings a problem or a conundrum that they're trying to deal with and then they they all try to solve it and they she gets people from all different backgrounds um young old you know rich poor black white the whole spectrum of humanity um and it's brilliant because it's it is it pulls from reality television, but it doesn't at all feel, um, you know, uh, cheesy or or trite. It feels very um, it feels very sweet and original. So, yeah, I think that there are shows like that that um, or or that genre, the sort of reality. Uh, but I, but I think that we see podcasting pulling from other forms, you know, S-Town was very literary um, and and felt, you know, novelistic, right? And I think, we're, you know, we're pulling from movies and shows that feel very cinematic or, or you know, we're, we're pulling from reality television. So um, I think the, the medium um, can absorb all of these other forms of art out there. So that was CBC Radio's The Sleepover. That's definitely on my list. I want to take one more quick call before we had to break. Sarah from North Haven, go ahead. What are you listening to? Hey, I uh, listen to it because I produce it. It's called uh, The Distraction Podcast, but that's not the only reason why I listen to it. But it's a show for everybody all about our crazy busy lives and how to put your phone down and other devices and focus on what's important in life. Well, that sounds like an interesting one. It is interesting. We were talking to Lauren earlier. Um, part of the reason that podcasts, I think, are exploding, uh, not just with all the different topics out there, but because you can do so many things while you're listening to a podcast. So uh, thank you, Sarah from North Haven, again, for uh, your call. Uh, it's called Distraction. This is a podcast that Sarah produces out of North Haven. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. This is where we live. Lauren Ober is with us, host of The Big Listen from WAMU and NPR. She's with us from NPR Studios in Washington, D.C. We're talking about the many podcasts out there. What are you listening to? Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. We're going to hear about another great one coming up. It's called By the Book.
This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel talking about podcasts today in the lead up to the holidays. It's the perfect time to listen whether you're traveling or trying to drown out your kids after they open all of their presents. Now, podcast listenership has grown in the last few years. Our guest today is WAMU's Lauren Ober, host of The Big Listen from WAMU and NPR. So how in the world do you choose what to listen to? You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Alarm, we were talking about podcasts uh, led by women, hosted by women. Our next guest is Kristen Meinzer, co-host of When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast, and co-host of By the Book. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And Lauren, I love you. As you know, you're one of my favorites. Hi, Kristen. So tell us about <laughs> By the Book for our listeners who don't know about it. Okay, so Lauren, right before the break, was talking about the reality show aspect of some shows. And we like to think our show is sort of a reality show also. My co-host, Jolanta Greenberg, and I follow the rules. We blindly follow the rules of a different self-help book in each episode, uh, adopting the jargon they tell us to adopt, dressing as they tell us to dress, eating as they tell us to eat. And along the way, we record ourselves. So you'll hear our home recordings. You'll hear us at work. You'll hear us in the world. And then in the end... Uh, we put it all together so listeners can hear how the books affected our lives, and we lay down a verdict on whether or not we thought the books changed our lives, and if so, whether they changed our lives for the better or for the worse. So it's a little bit of a self-help book club. It's a little bit of a reality show, and sometimes it's a lot of crying, but it's actually in the comedy uh, genre for those of you who look in the different genre sections of iTunes. So it's a little bit of all those things. Uh, Kristen, we pulled a clip from uh, French Women Don't Get Fat. Before we hear it, tell us a little bit about this, uh, the context around it. So this was a book that we did in season one, and a lot of our listeners wanted us to try a diet book. And we thought that this one looked pretty good because it said that it was about mindfulness and French women have joy when it comes to eating. It's not about deprivation. So we said, all right, we'll try this book. It's been a massive bestseller. It's never been off the bestseller list uh, since it was first published about 10 years ago. So we decided to try it. But it ended up being extremely challenging at certain points. And uh, the whole thing starts off with a crash diet where you're not allowed to have any food. You're only allowed to have the water that comes off of boiled leeks for the first 48 oh. hours. <laughs> And so a brave um, woman. <laughs> I want to. So this yeah. is you are in a conversation with your husband Dean. Let's hear it. It doesn't seem like you're an unhealthy eater, honey. Wild rice, lettuce, soup, lots of salad, maybe the occasional Indian curry. But you know, you eat really healthy. Yeah, yeah. But here, my offenders are not surprisingly free office food, in particular chips. I can't resist the chips and cocktails. And I would say that the consumption of offenders has has been a little bit higher ever since we were on vacation because our vacation was pretty much all offenders all the time. Well, but that's what vacations are supposed to be, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, but since we've been back, I have been eating more offenders than usual. And that's why now is as good a time as any to do this book. Okay, if you say so, hon. <laughs> the offenders. We have a lot of offenders in our newsroom every day, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, especially this time of year. Yeah, and that book has you start off by just listing what you eat as well as your offenders before you go into that horrible starvation period. And then uh, the rest of the book, I really went into a horrible tailspin during that book, and you hear a lot of me crying in that episode, actually. So even though it's very comedic and 
in some ways the show feels like a big stunt. It actually, we think, gets at some very serious realities for what it's like to be a woman or what it's like to be a human in the world. And uh, and hopefully it's a commentary also on the self-help industrial complex. So what's been the response? So we've been really shocked and amazed. We get hundreds and hundreds of listeners who write us from all over the world who follow the books with us. We didn't really expect that to happen, that people, as soon as we announce what our next book is going to be, they go out and they either get it from Audible so they can listen to it or they buy it in the store, and then they follow along with us, and then they weigh in on how it was affecting them. And then we also have other listeners who say, we're so glad you read the book so we don't have to, and we just listen so that we can glean the tips that we want to from these books. And it's created a wonderful community. We have this Facebook community that people weigh in on, they share their own stories, they take photos and share them with us, and it's just created this wonderful space that I never expected to happen from a podcast because listening to a podcast in some ways is so individual and so personal and you have your earbuds in your ears, but for there to be a whole world of people you're connecting with through our stories, um, it's Jolent and I have been just incredibly touched by it. We never expected that to happen. I understand you're Asian-American. We were talking about uh, the lack of diversity in the podcasting world. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Talk us through, you know, when you decide to do this podcast and the people that you're reaching out to, the people you're hearing from, are, you know, you really see that you're innovating where other people aren't. Yeah, well, I mean, this is something I take very, very seriously, and I've talked with Lauren about this before. I think women's voices, people of color, it's... It's, it's very disheartening for me that over 70% of the voices we hear in podcasting are still men. It makes no sense to me considering how many people on the planet are women and how many of the people on the planet are not white, but it's mostly white men still. So I think it's important that we do everything we can to elevate the voices of women and to create spaces for them. I, you know, I, I don't want to shill too much for my company here. I work for Panoply, and I do have to say, though, I'm very proud that our company, over half the shows are hosted by women, and the shows that we have that are hosted by men still delve very deeply into diversity and women's stories. For example, Battle Scars, which I think might be the most mm-hmm. diverse show in existence right now. It's hosted by Tom Tran, and it tells the stories of military veterans mm-hmm. from a wide range of racial and economic and gender backgrounds. And the stories aren't just about war, they're about facing death and how that can make you confess to an extramarital affair or how failing to help a fellow soldier can make you rethink your relationship with God. So it's something that I take very, very seriously. And then Revisionist History is another show that we make Mm -hmm. that even when it's not a woman's story being told, we try to focus on other diverse stories. Um, For example, season two of Revisionist History, half the season was dedicated to civil rights, but I think it's in all of our best interest to be able to make these kinds of stories and to hear them. It reaches more people that way. Your story will touch more people's lives. And also, I just think it's not healthy and it's not normal for us to live in a world where three-fourths of the voices that we hear are white men. We just It makes no sense to me. So um, I, I think we all have to try harder. Lauren Ober, uh, we heard Kristen mention her, uh, the company Panoply. Um, is funding difficult in trying to get some of these companies to pick up podcasts that are more diverse? 
You know, I don't know the inner workings of of each individual company. I I do know that some are better than others in seeking out diverse talent. Um, I mean, part of it is, you know, like Kristen said, we have to try harder. And it is just as easy as hiring people who are not white men um, to host things particularly, but also to produce. I mean, when you have a production team um, that is full of different types of people um, from all different backgrounds, then you're just going to get a much more rich experience for the listener. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, get, getting getting anything on the air, as you know, Lucy, it can be a challenge. Um, and getting stuff on the to the ears of the people who are green lighting shows is is tough. Um, although uh, Kristen and Jolenta's show, I think, came about because of a of a contest at Panoply. Yes, it did. It did, and I. Love this. This was the Panoply pilot project, and those of us on staff and other folks outside of the staff were able to pitch ideas, and the folks at Panoply chose four of the many, many, many ideas that came in and said, we're going to help you develop a pilot for those shows, and we'll let the public decide which ones get greenlit. And I just thought it was a fantastic, innovative opportunity. It was a chance to hear all sorts of ideas, and then I was very lucky that By the Book was one of the shows that was voted to be greenlit, and another show which I just adore that we make. It's a long-form narrative show called Family Ghosts, and in that show, people essentially are pay- people are playing detective in their own family mysteries, so they can solve murders and track down missing bodies, and it's amazing. So um, I just think that when you open the doors to the public to vote, you can get all sorts of interesting shows made that maybe. A- a room full of CEOs might not have greenlit on their own. Well, I want to thank Kristen Meinzer again, co-host of Buy the Book. Thanks so much, Kristen. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's so great to be on. Now, before we uh, head out of the, the show, there's a question for you, Lauren. Uh, Marty's calling from Darianne. Marty, we just have a, a, a minute. Go ahead with your question. Well, I'm really enjoying the show, and you told us at the beginning how to, uh, to, how to what a podcast is. I'm fairly non-technical, and I need the steps. What do you do first to get to a uh, podcast? Where do you have the list of you know uh, possible podcasts? You know, Great, step one step. Two, these are g- three. great questions. Right. So, Lauren, give her some tips. Okay, if you have a smartphone, if you have if you have an iPhone, you can use the Apple Podcast app. It's already downloaded on there. It's a purple button that says podcasts. If you use an Android device, um, you need to download an app. Uh, There are any number of them. Just put in podcasts in the search bar um, in the app store that they have, uh, and you'll find any number of them. And then you can just search um, by subject area. If you don't have a smart device and you, but you do have a computer, you can Google, um, you know, you might start with NPR podcasts because that's the easiest way. Um, and go from there. But yeah, you don't have to be, you don't have to have a smartphone in order to listen. Lauren Ober, host of The Big Listen for WAMU and NPR. Uh, Really enjoyed having you on this hour. A lot of good tips to put on our podcast playlist. Uh, Lauren, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Lucy. It was a blast. And we're proud to say we're an all-women team here at Where We Live. I want to thank technical producer Kyone Wolf, senior producer Lydia Brown, producer Carmen Baskoff, executive producer Katie Tolarski. I'm Lucy Nalpithanchel. We thank you, the listeners, for checking out Where We Live in 2017. We'll be back in the new year. We hope you have a safe and happy holiday. <laughs>